0: The Miami Hurricanes have important recruiting visitors on campus this weekend from both sides of the football, and here's why the Hurricanes continue to trend upwards for one of the nation's top wide receivers. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday. I'm Alex Dono, University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you to the everydayers who make Locked on Canes your first listen each and every day. It's been a fun week so far, and we ain't done yet, my friends. Big Friday. So another confirmed unofficial visitor from the class of 2024 announced on Thursday night. He's going to be at the U this weekend. Defensive end TJ Lindsey out of Arkansas. He recently earned a fourth star from Rivals. I think he's trending upwards on all the recruiting services. Uh, he's still a three-star according to 24/7 and on three, the other two major recruiting services. But he did just earn a fourth star from Rivals. This is a defensive end at six foot four, two hundred seventy pounds, out of Bryant, Arkansas. He plays for a big high school in that state. He's won a state championship there. Um, i watched a little bit of TJ Lindsey, and I'm not comparing the two players exactly, but I think characteristics-wise, he's kind of the Arkansas version of Reuben Bain. Uh, really bulky, but quick edge rusher with a motor that just comes at you for days. He spends a lot of time in the opposing backfield, so he's got similar characteristics. And he's going to be on campus this weekend in Coral Gables along with... One of our favorite players in the class of 2024 who's also going to be visiting. Hopefully they can spread positive vibes to one another. You've also got four-star tight end Caleb Odom visiting Miami Odom out of Carrollton, Georgia. He's been on campus before. I had a chance to meet Odom about a month and a half ago when he was at Miami for the first time visiting during the spring period. He was really enjoying his visit so much so that he's back in Miami unofficially. He's going to visit officially next month and Miami are considered the favorite uh, if not even more than a slight favorite for Caleb Odom at this time so we're going to see if in the case of TJ Lindsay if Miami can gain some ground in his recruitment he's not been on campus before I don't believe uh, and Hurricanes have some catching up to do this is a really sought after player that's one of the reasons why I think he could rise from a three-star to four-star on other recruiting services not just on rivals Notre Dame and Texas A&M have been the schools trending the most for him so far. He's also giving consideration to his in-home state Arkansas Razorbacks, so they're also in that picture. So I think we're going to find out with defensive end TJ Lindsey visiting if you know Miami can put themselves in the conversation for him. And then, of course, when you're talking about someone who's just finished up his high school junior season, not even a senior yet, he already weighs 270 pounds. I know people are going to ask me, well, you know, can he bulk up just a little bit more and maybe play defensive tackle? Uh, Maybe. Sure. Uh, We'll see how that plays out for him. And if we'll, we'll know more after the weekend, if Miami is really in the conversation for him. Uh, So Caleb Odom, TJ Lindsay, both visiting this weekend, hopefully Miami, as they usually do. Of course, they don't land everybody, but Miami usually does a pretty good job with unofficial visits, and players usually come away pretty impressed by those. So we'll see if Miami can keep themselves in the Caleb Odom conversation and get themselves in the TJ Lindsey conversation. Uh, I'm opening up this episode of Locked on Canes. Two questions. Uh, The members of our exclusive subtext community and uh, those of us who follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Canes, if you follow us on Twitter, we will follow you back, have given me some fantastic questions. And guys, if you want to join our exclusive SMS community on a service called Subtext, I'm including the link in the show description below. I give you guys a lot of updates, news, recruiting scoops, one-on-ones on on the subtext throughout the day. It's completely free for the first 14 days. And then if you decide to opt in at the end of that two-week trial, you can opt in for $4.99 a month. We try to give you a lot of value on there. So we get this question uh, through subtext from Aaron who says, hey, Dono. Do you think Ryan Wingo, that's the five-star wide receiver out of St. Louis, do you think he's going to schedule an official visit to Miami? And how do you feel about where we are in his recruitment? Okay, so, guys, Ryan Wingo, that's the one that I teased starting the show, that Miami keeps trending up for him. Uh, A lot of positive vibes for the Miami-Wingo connection. There could still be a long way to go in his recruitment. He's one of the best receivers in the class. But Miami is trending all the way up with him to the point where I was watching Steve Wiltfong talking about Wingo last night on the Wiltfong whip around. And, you know, he was just glowing about the visit that Wingo had in Miami. He was just here unofficially last weekend and Mario Cristobal, I think made it a point uh, to spend as much time as he could with Wingo and really make him feel wanted uh, because that was one of the things that Wiltfong brought up that, Basically, Ryan Wingo spent 48 hours with Mario Cristobal during his visit and that Ryan and his father were both really impressed. And the father made a comment about uh, really feeling wanted and that no one else uh, and Wingo is well-traveled. Uh, He's to this point, he's made 35 plus unofficial visits to big time schools around the country. So this is not someone who's like was here for his first ever visit. And wow, this is fun. They treat me really nicely on unofficial visits. He had done 35 or more, 34 or more of these before he ever saw Miami. And Wingo's father says no one else has made Ryan feel more wanted to this point than Miami has. Uh, so, uh, Wilt Fong seemed pretty confident that Miami can earn one of his official visits coming up in the summer. And so am I like, this is not a home run, but when you're talking about looking at top flank receivers that Miami could possibly land, you already have a really good one verbally committed, uh, in chance Robinson, who I love, uh, we know we need more, right? So uh, I think Miami's in a pretty good situation with Jojo trader from Shamanad, who's a five star. Miami is improving their position drastically with Ryan Wingo. Uh, And then, you know, we'll have to wait and see with a guy like Jeremiah Smith. I think he's pretty solid to Ohio State, but he is, Smith, looking to take some other visits, uh, including a Florida visit and a possible Miami visit. And Miami made a smart move, I think, with Jeremiah Smith. They've already offered his younger brother. So Smith's younger brother, who's heading into his freshman season in high school, so has no high school experience yet. He's a defensive back, not a wide receiver, or at least that's the position he gets a higher profile for right now. Miami's already offered Jeremiah's younger brother. So if you're, you know, you're trying to impress the family a little bit, That's one of those tricks of the trade. And I'm not saying Miami doesn't really like the brother, but again, he's heading into his freshman year of high school. You know, you offer the younger brother to maybe feel the old, maybe make the older brother feel special. I I can definitely appreciate that. So, yeah, on Ryan Wingo, uh, I think Miami is improving their position there. Uh, We have some really good questions we're going to answer on this episode. Uh, You know, whether or not Miami's kind of building the right way, because they're they're being a little bit conservative, I think, in the transfer portal. They still have a top 10 portal class now, by the way, Miami's ranking moved up to number nine. So you can't say they're not doing well in the portal. Maybe you can say there's a couple of needs that still need addressing in the portal, but they've done well in the transfer portal. But someone asked me if Miami's kind of doing it the right way now, focusing more on high school recruiting. Then in the portal, uh, I was asked when the dam is going to break on recruiting, when we can expect more verbal commits to come in. I've got a very confident answer on that one. And uh, a little debate came up uh, in the past 24 hours in my world about who has more potential at running back, Travante Citizen or Mark Fletcher. We got to break that down all here on this episode. Stick around on Locked on Canes. Guys, I love me some built bars. If you're looking for a delicious snack, but you don't want all the sugar and calories, you need the best tasting protein bar ever built. You got to try this. If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste, I've got just the thing for you built bars and built puffs. Built bars are healthy and they taste amazing. Seriously, they taste so amazing. You won't think that they're good for you. You got to try this. What makes built bars so good for starters? They're all covered in 100% real dark chocolate and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie and cookies and cream. I had a cookies and cream puff this morning. I'm not sure how built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. Only 130 calories, just four grams of sugar and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box for years. We've been talking about ordering built bars at built.com. Now you can also get them at your local Walmart or Sam's club while you can still get your specialty flavors at built.com with our promo code locked on 15 for 15% off. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. If you're close to a Sam's club run in and grab a 13 bar box with hit flavors like brownie batter, puff and churro puff. You can thank me later. I love me some built bars. Thank you so much for making locked on canes. Your first listen today. We are available free. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey app, wherever you get your pods. And we are available free on YouTube as well. So answering some more questions that came in through our exclusive subtext SMS service. Again, I include the link in the show descriptions below on how to join. Uh, So we get a question from David T. who says, hey, when does the dam break on recruiting? Well, first of all, David, I sure hope the dam does break, okay? because obviously uh, I can't guarantee you yet this five star, this four star. Yeah, I can't guarantee you they're all coming. But we saw Miami have success last year with a top seven, top six recruiting class. And so if and when the dam breaks, that usually happens in late June and early July that's when you start to see the big dominoes fall. Because a lot of these big-time defensive tackles, big-time offensive linemen and receivers that Miami is chasing, uh, tight ends, these guys uh, more than likely will start coming off the board after official visit season. Usually once guys have taken all their officials, that's when you see deci- decisions start to come in. It's not that way for everybody. Some guys wait until – very late in the process. Mark Fletcher committed to Miami very late in the process. Samson Okunlola, the Pancake honcho, committed late. Some guys wait until into the college season, but a lot of the blue chippers start to announce after, right at the end of official visit season in the summer. So definitely be on the lookout late June, 4th of July weekend. Be on the lookout for five-star players like Ryan Wingo, who we talked about, Justin Scott the defensive tackle five-star who loves Miami other blue chippers like Caleb Odin, who's visiting this weekend, T.A. Cunningham, Marquise Lightfoot, who's visiting at the end of June, Kamarian Franklin, who's visiting first week of June. You know, some of these players we're going to be tracking, uh, you know, Jarek Gibson uh, is visiting Miami in June. I'm not guaranteeing he's going to be a hurricane, but that's the type of player who could end up announcing in the summer. So the dam usually breaks around that time, late June, early July. We get a question from Audrey in Pensacola who says, is the way Mario is building through high school recruits the correct blueprint or should we build like Florida State through the transfer portal? Uh, Well, you know, first thing, um, Florida State, I got to give them credit. They're off to a great start in class of 2024 recruiting. So I can't look at them and say that's a portal team. Like a team that builds through the portal is Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin. Like, they, they are much more active in the portal than they are with high school recruiting. That's kind of the way they do it. Florida State has had a couple of great portals, but they're starting to gain momentum now on the recruiting trail. But, yeah, my stance on it, I get what you're hinting at there. Uh, my stance on it is the real foundation of a championship-level team I believe has to come through organic high school recruiting. That's the way the Alabamas and the Georgias were able to build themselves into juggernauts over the years. They have done it primarily through high school recruiting. And by the way, primarily they do it through a focus on the line of scrimmage, right? They build from the line of scrimmage outwards. It's why you love to see five-star offensive tackles in the class last year and why we've got our eyes on a lot of five-star defensive tackles who are possible Miami leans in this cycle Uh, Because you want to build through the line of scrimmage and you want to build organically where the portal, the portal, I think is important for a couple of different reasons. Well, a few different reasons. It's really good to add experience uh, and it's really good to plug holes through the portal. And I think in certain situations, a team might say like, you know, when Oklahoma brought Jalen hurts in the portal where they feel like, Hey, we're kind of one player, one quarterback, one, this, that, or the other from, you know, I know when uh, USC added Jordan Addison last year, they probably thought we're like one great wide receiver away from being a national title type team. So, uh, but the real work, the real foundation I believe is laid through organic high school recruiting, but the portal is still important. Okay. And then sometimes you can kind of have your cake and eat it too. Right. Because, Uh, A.J. Allen, the running back that Miami just added through the portal, he's got four years of eligibility left, so it's kind of like a new recruit in a way. So hopefully he pans out that way because I know a lot of folks are are excited about that player, and he had some really good buzz from his true freshman year at Alabama last year before he injured his collarbone. Uh, We get a question from Mike who says, hey, which position group would you say has improved the most through the portal process? Um, I gotta say, it's gotta be either offensive line or cornerback, right? I mean, the offensive line, you have gotten two starters through the portal, uh, in Javion Cohen and Matt Lee. And you could probably say that about cornerback as well, because I think Devontae Brown is a starter and, uh, Richard, uh, out of, um, out of uh, Vanderbilt, he could end up competing to be a starter as well. And Jaden Davis from Oklahoma is a good player. And Terry Roberts is going to add important depth to the defensive secondary. So I, I think corner and offensive line to me, it's, uh, uh, you know, before before I have a definitive answer, I want to see how the season plays out a little bit because, uh, you know, if maybe it's offensive line because if, if Javion on Cohen and Matt Lee are as good as advertised this year, they'll probably be better. Bigger difference makers. The bigger difference makers, if I can speak. It's Friday. Hey, there'll be bigger uh, difference makers, I think, than the defensive backs might be. But it's definitely cornerback and uh, and offensive line. I think are the positions that have most improved through the portal process. We get a question from Dat Dude Two Three Nine who says, "Do you think the team will be in a good position without any more transfers added? Uh, not as far as depth wise, just talent overall." Um, yeah, you know, I it, it it depends on what your goals are, that dude. I mean, if if anyone out there thinks uh, you know Miami needs to win 10, 11 games, or they consider the season a failure, guess what? You're probably not going to do that, okay? And then maybe if you had added, you know, Bear Alexander. Or Taiwan Malone. We'll see what happens with T.V. Rose because he's still in play. But, you know, maybe some of you, if Miami only wins eight games, you'd be like, oh, that's a failure. And if you added one or two of these defensive tackles, you would have won 10, 11 games. I think Miami's in, in a good position because we already talked about offensive line and cornerback getting better. And part of that with the offensive line, it's not just portal. You've got stud true freshmen being added to that unit as well. Uh, I think the linebacker group is going to be in better shape with, you know, the addition of talented freshmen, but Francisco Maui, Goa, Kiko, that dude is a stud. So I think linebacker is going to be in better shape, you know, defensive tackle, maybe not, but defensive end I think is deeper than it was last year. No question about it. Uh, And, you know, wide receiver is basically status quo from last year, but you've got a couple of true freshmen who are in the mix now and, You've got some motivated guys that if they can stay healthy, Xavier Restrepo, Jacoby George, Colby Young, just to make a few, uh, just to name a few, I I think that these guys can have tremendous seasons where last year there were a lot of injuries and a lot of bad luck there. So I I think Miami's in pretty good shape, honestly. Uh, But again, I'm, I'm more in the seven to eight win uh, variety than some of you out there who are like, Oh, this guy, they don't win 10, 11 games. It's a failure. You're paying Mario 80 million. You got to win 11 games, 12 games every year. Uh, I think they're going to be in better shape than they were last year. Uh, all right. So we got to have the great debate. Uh, somebody asked me, we're going to have this on the other side. Uh, in my opinion, when healthy, who is the more talented running back between Travante Citizen and Mark Fletcher? We will attempt to answer that. And I'd love you guys' comments as well. Uh, if you want to comment on our YouTube feed, do so. If you want to leave us a tweet at Locked On Canes, if you follow us at Locked On Canes, we will follow you back. We got more to come here on a new episode right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen today. For the everydayers, we are going to have at least one, if not two, weekend episodes this week. And in one of those weekend episodes, We are going to bring on our good friend Chalupa Batman. If you're a fan of this show, if you're a fan of the Canes, you probably know who Chalupa Batman is because he is one of the most enthusiastic Canes tweeters out there. And he's a really knowledgeable football fan as well. He's kind of like Judd Anderson. If Judd Anderson didn't play football and just tweeted a lot, that's Chalupa Batman. He's going to be joining us over the weekend and we may have a, a rundown of, of these recruiting visits as well. So we get this question from LL cool, Matt, who says, we keep hearing about the potential of Trevante citizen. I feel like a lot of Canes fans are excited about him, but didn't really know him so much as a recruit because it was a last minute commitment that nobody saw coming. Yeah. That's the way it was a surprising commitment in 2022 from him he says most of us, most of us are much more familiar with Mark Fletcher, Who, in your opinion, when healthy, is the more talented back, which has more potential to be a high-level college back with a shot at playing at the next level? Okay, so this is tough, okay? Um, My knee-jerk reaction when I read this question is, I lean slightly to Mark Fletcher for a logical reason. Part of it is he played against such elite competition in South Florida at American Heritage, like even more so than what Citizen faced in Louisiana. Uh, Fletcher faced a murderer's row of opponents, okay? Um, Attributes-wise, it's really, really tough to pick a favorite here. Trevante Citizen, probably faster than Fletcher, but Fletcher probably a little bit more powerful than Citizen. Uh, I asked the 67 subscribers in our subtext community who they think has more potential between the two. And it was probably 55-45 in Fletcher's favor, but really close. And then I was thinking, man, I can break this tie by asking Larry Bluestein, Right? Because Larry Bluestein has probably watched every snap in high school that either of those guys have taken. Right? And neither of them have played yet in college because Citizen, of course, you know, has the, uh, the injury issue that he's coming off of. And, you know, Fletcher just finished high school like – Actually, he might still be in high school for the next few weeks, I think, in American Heritage. So I asked Larry Bluestein who he thinks is better. And then Blue answers me. Honestly, it's a tie, is what he says. (laughs) Thanks for nothing, Blue. So the tale of the tape between these guys, Fletcher and Citizen, is virtually identical. Okay, Mark Fletcher, six foot one, 226. Trevante Citizen, six foot one, 221. Fletcher averaged 8.6 yards per carry his senior season of high school. Citizen has the edge there. He averaged 11.3 yards per carry. But again, I think Fletcher faced tougher comp- uh, tougher competition. Fletcher averaged 129 yards per game. Citizen averaged 124 yards per game as a high school senior. I do give Fletcher an edge in pass catching. Citizen did not do that as much in high school as Fletcher did. So, I lean ever so slightly to Mark Fletcher. And then, okay, part of LL Cool Matt's question was assuming both are healthy because I know what a lot of you are thinking and you're already typing up your comments like, but wait, Citizen is still coming off a serious injury. I don't think he's, you know, that may affect him long-term. Okay, I, fine. Um, Obviously, if I'm talking about fielding a running back like for a pickup game tomorrow, Mark Fletcher would be the guy that I go with. But for the sake of the question, Let's take Travante Citizen's injury uh, and recovery off the table. Let's just assume both are healthy. These guys both have potential to be NFL running backs someday, and they're both really complete backs, okay? I think that's an important word here, complete, because both of these guys are capable of being workhorses who can run you over and uh, shake and bake a little bit and hit the hole and, you know, Again, I think Fletcher, probably the better receiver out of the backfield, uh, but Citizen a little bit faster because he was a high-level track star in high school. So it's really, really close, and it's it's a fun debate to have. So you guys let me know, Fletcher or Travante Citizen, who do you think has more potential? Get this question from Kip, who says, hey, isn't there a tight end in the portal who's a monster that is a 100% blocker from the West Coast? He says, following the portal is like drinking from a fire hose, he says. Now, I'm not even sure exactly, Kip, who you're talking about. I hope you're talking about Cam McCormick, who Miami already landed in the transfer portal from Oregon because he was actually the highest graded blocking tight end. Uh, At least run blocking was the highest graded in college football last year uh, with the Oregon Ducks. Uh, If you're talking about somebody else, maybe you are. I don't think whoever that somebody else is is even going to be an option because I I don't think I don't think the Hurricanes are looking at adding any more tight ends in the portal. Uh, They've got good young tight ends on the roster. They're pretty loaded there. Uh, You know, I know that uh, Elijah Arroyo is coming off an injury. His recovery seems to be going very well. Jaleel Skinner is an impact player. Riley Williams and Jackson Carver. The true freshmen both look really good. And, you know, Cam McCormick, uh, he's going to be more of a weapon in blocking than he is in pass catching. But uh, I hope you're talking about McCormick because I, I don't think Miami's going after anybody else there. But I, I love the fire hose comment. Uh, we get a question from Maine Kane who says, Hey, I was wondering if we're still in play for the wide receiver Zachary Franklin from UTSA. I really thought he would be an excellent addition. So I've asked around about this and I think the trail's gone quiet and very cold for Zachary Franklin. I I think that the three wide receivers that Miami is still talking to are Shamar Kirk from Reedley junior college. Who's going to be deciding uh, this weekend. Miami is actively pursuing him. Um, I think Miami is still pursuing Jaquai Jackson and Tyler Harrell, who I know we don't talk about as much, but I, I, I think those are the three that Miami is kind of in the mix for the Zachary Franklin trail has gone really cold. And the weird thing about that is uh, I don't expect him to be a cane, but I'm not even sure where Franklin ends up because I don't, I don't see a whole lot of active buzz linking him anywhere else, but I I don't, I don't think he's going to end up being a hurricane. I don't know if that's Miami's choice or his choice, but it is what it is. I don't expect him to be a cane. We get this question from Jake who says, um silly question what is the oh oh, no sorry this is from giant ninja jake's question is coming up later uh giant ninja there are no silly questions just silly people he says what is the overall internal mood from fans after whiffing on some of the bigger name portal players um i mean fans what you know they're going to complain uh not everybody complains but i think the complainers are just always more in your face than the thankful people, right? Look, the complainers are just going to make more noise. I see a lot of people like, where's the NIL money? We're broke now. What's going on? We can't land any of these guys. Why are we getting outbid for all these players? Mario's a failure. He can't land anybody. What happened? You see some of those negative uh, folks out there. So I I think that's kind of, it, it is what it is. Like anytime. A transfer portal player that we talk about here on Locked On Canes, or that you read about on Twitter. Anytime any of these guys chooses someplace else, um, people are going to complain. Uh, I, you know, I'd still, I'd like to see Miami come away with a defensive tackle and a wide receiver before we're done here in the portal. So I'm not saying I'm completely satisfied, but then at the same time, Miami does have a top ten transfer portal class in America right now. So it's not as if. They're doing a terrible job there. They just, you know, they haven't done a perfect job there, if that makes sense. Um, We get this from Jake. And, Jake, I appreciate you saying this. He says, I'd like to see you give a shout-out to the baseball team. They have a big series at Pittsburgh this weekend and next weekend against a hot Duke team. They're on track to host a regional and might make a national seed if they keep winning. Yeah, we didn't even need Tywon Malone. We, Ty, we don't need you on the baseball team or the football team. Well, maybe on the football team. We don't need you, Taiwan Malone. I was happy to see the Canes baseball team hammer FIU the other night. And yes, I do take a lot. I know we don't talk probably enough baseball on the show. That's my fault. But I do take a lot of pride in the Canes baseball team winning. And honestly, I don't think there's any live sporting event I'd rather be at than Canes baseball at the light it's that good of a time out there folks. So Jake, thank you for encouraging that shout out to the baseball team. And Jake has told me before, this is pretty cool. Jake's father played quarterback for Miami in the 1960s and he backed up George Myra senior. So I love, I love the connections that a lot of our listeners and viewers have to, uh, to the good old days that Mike, uh, a lot of people are like, wait, they had a football team in the sixties. What Does it go back that far? It does. You know, the, The dominance started in the 1980s, but the actual history of Canes football goes way, way, way deeper than that. So thank you, Jake, and thank you, everybody, who submitted questions. I hope my answers were somewhat decent to some of those. And we will talk to you guys this weekend on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team.